Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. Today, like every single day that I do these interviews, I like to introduce you to somebody who is an ordinary woman, just like you, just like me, an ordinary human being, who has undergone an extraordinary spiritual awakening. And the person that I'm going to introduce you to, my friend and a colleague, Adele, she is going to share with you not only how her life has evolved since becoming more conscious that there is way more to her than how than what she had been taught there was, and how she has used that not only to change her life, but to assist others in changing their lives. And I always get super excited when I can interview colleagues because they are gonna give you nuggets, they're gonna give you um, just so many ideas are gonna, going to assist you if you choose to use what they share to help you become more aware of how to tap into the true source of your being, your authentic self, which is what we are aligning with. You see, every single one of us has this power inside of us, but we have been taught that power, that everything that we want exists outside of us. So it is a journey. I call it the spiritual journey to come inside and tap in, align with the truth of who we are so that we can show up in the world as authentic, powerful beings. So without further ado, let me go ahead and um, bring Adele on the screen. Adele, thank you so much for joining Hello. me. Hi, great to be here. Oh, well, I've been following your work. We've been in the same circles now for quite a few years, but this is the first time that we're actually going to have a real a real personal conversation. So I'm really looking forward to getting to know you a little a little bit more cuz like me, I can see from your Facebook posts, from just the way you show up in the world that you're you're transparent. So, let's start with where I start with everybody. When did you realize that there was more to life than what you had been taught there was, than what you society had said you could be. When did you begin to realize that there, there's more? I would say probably by college. Um, you know, I think I I knew something was a little off. I I didn't realize. Now I know it's a, a form of depression. I just thought this was normal. You know, I was a I was raised to be a fairly serious kid. You know, everything's about getting things right, doing things right, doing what's expected. And I thought that was pretty normal. And I thought everybody lived that way, too. And it wasn't until college where I really realized if I don't start making some changes, I might not last. I mean, it got that bleak. Mm -hmm. And so I would say between the ages of maybe 17 to maybe, goodness, maybe 29 um, was a very... Um, a, a time of a lot of awareness shifting. Um, it, it wasn't like one big kaboom. It was a gradual realization that everything I thought was real wasn't. And, and everything that I thought was total nonsense was probably a lot more real than anything I knew. And discovering that I was more than a brain. Wow. So share with us. <laughs> I, I totally relate because I, I went through similar things. Share with us a little bit of the upbringing that you received. Was it was it like a typical in your in the culture that you're from, or was it just in general from? Yeah. Well, and I think I can speak for a lot of people who are uh, firstborn or American-born of immigrants, or if your family survived a lot of things um, that 
you know, everyone, once they are raising a family here, they, they don't want their kids to know too much about what happened. They want everything to be so much better for them. So, you know, that, you know, we can live the life that they weren't able to live and oh, yeah. all that inherited trauma. And I see this in Asian cultures. I see this from uh, people of uh, Jewish heritage in the African-American um, culture, you know, that stuff it's, it's not like we ever sit down and talk about it, but it is echoing loud in the energetic field. And it just sort of permeates your kids. Yeah. And yeah. so if the, if the solution to doing well in life is to accomplish, uh, although that came from a well-intentioned place, you just raise people who think being is doing. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what is your cultural background? Chinese. Chinese. Yeah. Mine is Latin. So I was um, my my background, my family, my mother's side is from the Dominican Republic and my father's side is Irish Italian. Mm. So those cultures really have an effect on who we are. Um, mm -hmm. a, a shout out to Danny. Hey, Danny. So glad that you're joining us. Uh, this is going to be a fun conversation. It's, it's already fun. So I have not really focused on speaking too much about the cultural impact, but that is something that you uh, oh. are, are more versed in. Oh, so it's huge. Yeah. And, and there's a whole study of genetics that's actually gone into the energetic field. At one time, it was called epigenetics, mm -hmm. you know, and there, there's some studies coming out that, you know, at, what did they study? Worms or some monkeys or, you know, whatever happened here actually was influenced by what happened seven generations ago. Yeah. And no one can, it, you know, how is that explainable in uh, rather like Newtonian physics, you know, and, you know, in, in the hundreds of people that I'm working with that they've struggled with the Newtonian existence of cause and effect science versus the quantum, you know, and we're both. And the quantum is something that's kind of mysterious. We can feel the impact of it, even though the brain doesn't get it, but we feel it. The, yeah. the work of the soul, the work of the calling, all these things that if we don't incorporate them into our lives, we don't do very well. So, yeah. you know, so it's like if you know on some quantum levels that you have a heritage that suppressed uh, trauma at all costs, survival, the potato famine, whatever it was, yeah. people were just trying to survive, yeah. you know, and now at this point, you should be grateful, right? You should be happy. We don't have starvation here, but it's... Uh, it does something that is going right, and yeah. so we are so multidimensional. It's not just this life, you know. It's just like, oh, you know, and it's subconscious. Yeah, and, uh, well, and what you're saying is is so so important because I'm noticing that in my own teachings. You know, I've been now a teacher of of these spiritual principles for about 13, 14 years, and it all boils down to bringing two aspects of ourselves together, the human, logical, brain-based way of thinking, cultural, um, that is influenced yeah. by the external, and this, what you're calling, this multidimensional aspect of mm -hmm. ourselves that is, is mystical, it's esoteric, it's, it's undefinable, it's individual yeah. to each person, but mm -hmm. yet it's the same at its core for everybody. To bring these two into alignment, has been absolutely I, I, not only so, what has liberated me, but it's what I'm watching. Yeah, others in, in finding their true voice and healing 
um, that unconscious, what you're talking about, subconscious past. How did that process unfold for you? Well, I had to do a lot of my own inner work, obviously. Why am I so freaking depressed? What's the point of living? You know, I'm a pretty good student. I was a world-class violinist. I traveled around the world. I'm you know, on stages. Why am I feeling so empty inside? And uh, I realized, I mean, now I can look back. I wasn't in my body at all. Like I had no concept of, of being in my body. Like, well, I we have bodies. So what else is there to talk about? Like I didn't yeah. have an awareness of being in the present moment. And the other piece that started to evolve is around this conversation. And that's why I'm so excited about what you're doing, Lina, is that up to now, uh, up to maybe five years ago, I honestly thought that the spiritual path was primarily I, me, myself. It was a very individual, well, I'll just, you know, get evolved. I had no concept of group dynamics or, you know, it's, it's become more and more obvious to me now. The stress and overwhelm that a lot of my clients, that we're all stressed, we're all dealing with, it's not just I, me, myself. There's deep pain uh, that's not always real time. It could be, you know, the plundering of the earth. It could be the destruction of indigenous cultures. Like that pain went somewhere, you know? Yeah. And until that's ever um, acknowledged, yeah. it just goes sideways, you yeah. know? And then we have one group in charge over the other. And, and that affects, it's not like we can just be, I need myself and I'm going to be self-actualized all by myself. Yeah. I believe that we were meant to work together. Now, how much is this individual? How much is group? That's maybe perhaps up for differences of opinion. Yeah. But I no longer feel that spiritual work needs to be done just by myself in a cave with a book and affirmations. Yeah. That has led to, in my opinion, a lot of isolation. Uh, I've met many people on the spiritual path that deep down, they feel kind of lonely. They feel like their work has been all solitary yeah. with visualization, affirmations, prayer, and, and reading self-help books. And those are great. But I'm like, that's just half of what's available. What if the true healing comes from us being able to see each other in groups? And so, yes. yeah, wouldn't you agree? Oh, totally, totally agree. But I also want to make sure, and I know you 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 will agree with this. When we do that solitary work, it's it's a necessary part of it. So oh, yeah, if anybody yeah, yeah. is at that stage where you're doing your work all by yourself, you know, it's perfectly okay. Sure. However, what Adele is saying is that that consider participating in groups. That's yeah. why I love teaching um, in yeah. several groups. I've got two different groups, yep. a mastery class that I do on Mondays. Mm -hmm. And then on Wednesdays, I do a class specific to A Course in Miracles. Mm -hmm. um, and both groups have well over 20 people. Usually one has, you know, the, the Wednesday night group at Course in Miracles can range from 15, you know, to 2025. 20, the other one is a group of 26 people who have committed to a one year journey. Wonderful. When I made the decision to move out of doing the work by myself and began to connect with other people who were like minded, my journey actually began to speed up. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I began to be mirrored back validation for where I was headed, but also validation of my my own dysfunctions. And that helped me feel not so wrong by myself, not so alone with yeah. my fears, my depression. It actually allowed me to see that 
I, I was experiencing something normal for people on this journey. Yeah. So it's really, really powerful. But I, so I call it coming out of the spiritual closet. Yeah, it's necessary. It is necessary. It's necessary because I think a lot of the spiritual work is finding connection. How yes. are you going to find connection only all by yourself? Yeah. Now, there is a lot of internal work that needs to be done. But at some point, I think people, humanoids, are happiest when we are part of a community. I have a lot of spiritual folks in my office. They've been doing great work, but they feel sort of out there on their own, like little astronauts. You know, they haven't been able to connect to a community or when they do, it's a little bit uncomfortable. I'm like, hold, hold the fort, you know, don't, don't bail right away. This is teaching you something. Yeah. And with the groups that I run, I'm always aware that the whole provides something that is incredibly, like you said, healing so it's not just i mean myself and i'll be woke well you by yourself is one experience but to be in community is a whole different it speeds everything up everyone feels happier when i run groups in here i mean women just come alive because they feel like oh finally i can be myself not just at home alone you know with my dogs but yeah. with other humanoids Yes, and as Danny is is yeah. mentioning yeah. that groups have helped disperse his ego, and Danny's in one of my classes, one of my groups, um, and I'm sure he's also been part of other groups, but um, it does something really to highlight the egoic part of us, and that goes back to um, something that I really want to highlight is that this journey, as Adele was saying, is that you got to go inside and do some work because what we're discovering is that within us, we have these two voices that Adele was talking about earlier, that voice of, of the human logic. And then there's that voice of that quantumness, that multidimensional aspect, non-physical part of ourselves. And we have to be able to see these two parts of ourselves very, very clearly. And when you're by yourself, it's hard to it's really hard. distinguish the two voices. And I also feel that the human race people were never uh, evolved to live quite the way we're living you know I think if you study anthropology because I'm I love that stuff I'm I kind of geek out on that <laughs> we were designed to live in small bands of humans so we would never have oh all the 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 babies over here and all the old people over there and people driving an hour to commute to do some job they don't even like over there. You know, the, the spiritual experience is more full-bodied when you're around people and not just people who are your immediate colleagues, but children, old people. There was a, a time when the wisdom and the experience, the youth energy, the wisdom of the elders, the mothering energy, uh, a functional masculine energy, that it was all blended, but it's become sort of cut out. You know, like, you know and so now people are just like, trying to do this and i'm like come together and you'll get to smell something in the air that is naturally more organic for humans absolutely to me that is you know that is why tribes yes. they the, 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 there is something about indigenous tribes mm -hmm. i don't know if you're aware of this but i recently began to um 
to study a little bit more about the the indigenous people in in Australia, the Aborigines. Mm -hmm. And I read something that was shocked me. I had no idea this was even possible because I didn't think humanity was this old. But they have been through DNA testing confirmed to have been a, a, a race that has been on the planet unchanged for 50,000 years, living in the exact same area, not overpopulating. They They've have not around. Yes, yeah. they have not polluted their environment. Yeah. They have not created a money system that has separated them into financial classes. They don't segregate people into, mm -hmm. you know, this group or that group, the, the Republicans, the Democrat, the, right. the they oh don't God. do anything that that separates them if anything they do everything that keeps them united and in that that being united they're experiencing exactly what you're talking about a sense of oneness because if you don't understand how another person feels you cannot realize that we're all going through the same thing but we go through it in different stages you know there's the the childhood stage the adult stage the senior stage and all of these stages are necessary, but they are all aspects of yeah. the being that we are. And we, we can tap into those if we're exposed to them. Absolutely. You know, once upon a time, there were elders. And people used to sit around fires and teach through story, right? I, I'm a storyteller. Anyone who can tell a good story, whether it's a movie, a dancer, a choreographer, you know, like story, that we don't have to use so much i mean we're using this because we've lost the art of storytelling but it, a good storyteller is showing themselves so you've got a, a, a fireplace and people hanging around telling stories and this is before the internet right now we just google and google is a horrible simulation of consciousness connection but oh well it's what we got right now instead of sharing wisdom we look up information because that's what the internet provides us. It's not a bad thing, but it, I think it's also why internet connections feel, it seems like we're more connected with everybody, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a representative of the real thing. Um, oh, well, see you later, Danny. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like, and the, the um, excitement of young people, their dreams and you know, their exuberance, uh, I love watching elders around children. They come alive. I mean, that's how it was supposed to be because that's a spiritual experience. It is. You it know? is. So we're looking for spiritual experiences. They're everywhere. It doesn't have to be out of a book so much. Let's talk about why that's a spiritual experience because to me, that is something that is sorely missing, especially here in the U.S. Yes. as we're in the middle of these um, primaries leading up to an election. And so much of what is talked about divides the, the needs of the er elderly and, and those um, millennials that don't know anything, you know, these oh, young people, what do they know? Yeah. Uh, you know, they have all these, these crazy wild ideas, but speak more to the spiritual principle of being able to bring all ages together. Yes. And, one thing I have done, uh, this is just Adele's spiritual practice, like, because it is so fractured and um, I've taken it upon myself that, you know, everyone is doing the best they can, doesn't matter what age, what political affiliation, whatever. 
if I can tell their story and feel it in my bones and, and, and voice it in a way that you would have no idea what my background was, what my age was, you know, like telling the story of, let's say, a 21-year-old millennial, or is that, is it genuine? Yeah, it's millennial now, right? Um, and talking about the disappointment. What am I supposed to do? The planet is just blowing up and I can't find a job to pay off my student loan worth a, you know, worth a dime. I'm a hundred grand in debt and I, I have to do all these weird funky gigs to make, you know, like I'm telling his story. I can feel that person. Just like I can tell the story of, let's say an older African-American man who uh, has been ostracized by his community for what, and, and I'm telling the story of that heartbreak. If I can find all these stories and tell them, and in me, I can feel, then that's how I know I've integrated those stories in my body. As long as it's, well, they need to get their act together, or being gay is wrong, or, you know, millennials just need to, then I know I'm there's a part of me that's not owned. So that's my practice, and especially something during this election year, if I can tell the story of, let's say, a Trump supporter and really hold the line of how and why I feel that way and then step into the body of a Sanders supporter and really and just so you would have no idea because I've embodied it. I know how that person feels. Yeah, there's not a there's not a much of a judgment. It's like then yeah. I feel a little more peace inside yeah. that everyone's doing the best they can. That's my spiritual practice that anytime I don't understand something, I try to go there and tell their story. And maybe some of the facts are a little wonky, but I believe it, you know, cause I read it somewhere and that's made me a certain way. So mm -hmm. I'm doing the best I can given what I know and what I'm trying to hold on to for my family. Is that so horrible? No. And that has helped me exist in this fractured, fractured time. I don't know if that makes sense. It's a spiritual oh, totally. practice I do. Totally, totally. And it and it goes right in in alignment with uh with the work that the true essence of spirituality is to look at how we believe that we're separate and when we believe that we're separate from one another, which is totally completely different than what the the metaphysics of it all are the the quantum physics the we really are multi-dimensional which means we're all the same energy expressing itself differently right so when we begin to realize that all of our suffering starts first with the idea the belief that we're separate from one another because that then gives us permission to to protect ourselves to go into a defend and attack position when we move into that defend um, and attack, we, we do this when we're two years old. Yeah. We are literally creating different personalities that show up to manipulate the environment to keep us safe, to keep us believing. Me. Yes, me. So, which is the first thing that we say when we're two years old. Yeah. No, it's mine. <laughs> I do it all by myself. So that that level of ingrained in us since such a young age belief that we are separate and need to protect ourselves and it's all about me fractures us into multiple personalities within one being that 
has different ideas, different needs, different wants, morphs. And to me, this journey is about looking at all of those different selves and addressing, I have the Democrat in me. I have the Republican in me. I have the greedy one in me. And I have the one that would like for everything to be given to me. And I've got the one that says, don't do anything for me. And that's why this is so beautiful. Shadow work. Exactly. Powerful. And with a lot of spiritual seekers that I, that when they first meet me, they're a little afraid of it because oh, yeah. they've been taught their whole lives to be positive and all that. And I don't want to be one of those people. And I can see why they're suffering. The more you try to chase it, you're one of the good ones. The more you're convinced oh, you know, I'm one of the evolved. You just, you know, that's part of the problem. You yeah. don't see that you're just as greedy and selfish as anybody else. Yeah. And it is, it is eating your lunch. It so, is. It is a lot of deep work that sometimes I feel like new age type people, they think, oh, that's negative. I, 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 I'm going to be in the light. And I'm like, oh, goodness, we've, we've got to do a lot of spiritual work here. They think that and, and this is the thing, like they've gotten quantum confused with separating. They, there's this idea of what's good energy and what's bad energy. I want to be in the light. I want to be, and, and like you are just contributing to more of the judgment of the world. You don't see it that way. You think you're the most non-judgmental person that ever walked the planet. And I'm like, uh, let's have a conversation here um, and help you see what you're doing because you just wanted to be happier. Yeah. And so awful? No. <laughs> And and it is it, it it is something that I have observed, and I know I've done it too. Which is why one of my favorite books was written by Debbie Ford, yeah. called yeah. "The Light Side of the Dark Chasers." Oh, it's a great book. Um, no, yeah, the yeah. the dark side. I'm sorry, I said it backwards. The, the dark light. side yeah. of the light chasers. And when I read that book, it, and thank goodness for me, it was early on in my journey. I began to realize, yes, when I'm chasing the light. When I'm facing the light, I am denying the darkness that is behind me. And the darkness that is behind me is precisely what you said earlier. It is all of these beliefs that we have picked up from the culture, from the environment, from the from others, the 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 rights and the wrongs, the do's and the don'ts that have caused me to be so out of touch with who I really am that now all I want is to be happy. I want the next pill, the next workshop, the next thing that's going to make me look and feel better about myself without having to turn around and look at my shadow. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's the work of Carl Jung is yep. he he's the, really like the father of bringing that into our awareness. Oh, yeah. Powerful. And, you know, totally. The irony is a lot of people move into spiritual development as a reaction to religion. Oh, I was raised fundamentalist or whatever. And, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I want to be the real me. Well, if you don't, if, if you're not careful, you're just going to import the same judgments, but instead of calling it Satan and God or godliness, now it's going to be good energy or bad energy. Exactly. You know, and I want to be in the light. I'm like, you're it's different words, but it's the same idea. I'm running from something that scares me. Yeah. And I think I'm more spiritually evolved than the religion I came from. So, you know, we all, this is just very uh, universal. So absolutely. Uh, hi, Jay. Thanks for joining us, Jay. 
um, you know, and, and you are so, so correct. And this is why, you know, you're so good in, in the, your field. We're in the same field. We just oh, yeah, teach the same thing it. differently. Wait to interview you. <laughs> well, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about having done this for so long. Not only have I experienced it in myself, but I watch it, especially with clients that I've had for a long time. And what's really amazing is I have some clients today that were that started with me for 12, 13, 14 years ago, not because they've been with me all that time, but they come and they go and they some of them are are with me for a long time. Some just come and they go. But because I have known so many of them today that have are at least five years uh, with me or in, in this journey that I have access to seeing their process. I can see that we all go through the same stages. We all go through the same stages. Yeah, let me, let's see. The stage is, I've discovered spirituality. Oh, this is awesome. I am woke, right? So everything is some becomes magical. I've gone into the quantum, right? I don't know how to deal with I, me, myself yet, but let me meditate some more. Let me get some crystals. And, you know, and I'm talking to my neighbor who doesn't understand things. Oh, you know, I, I've evolved. And then it becomes a sense of, something's a little off, right? Like that high wears off, you know? And a lot of times if, if you're in that high, good for you. Eventually you'll outgrow and go, there has to be more. And then there's another deep depth. You might have to think of things like judgment and shadow and, and all this other stuff. And then there's deeper work. And then there's the next level. So another te a teacher, there are different teachers for different levels. And I do not subscribe to the idea that, you know, there's one grand poobah. There might be somebody who specializes in getting people first woke, right? When, when you're coming out of total numbness into some semblance of, oh, you know, there's someone who specializes in that. And then there's yeah. someone who takes you to the next level and the next level. And that's why um, I also tell all my students, because some of them have, like you, Lina, they've been with me a long time. I, I was like, do you have the idea that, Getting woke is like on off, you know, I was off and then I'm on. No, no, there's always deeper. There's more, there's more, more intensity, more focus because sometimes an arrogance sets in. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, I'm good. I'm ready to teach. And I'm looking at, and there's like a flat line in terms of more awareness. I'm not seeing more compassion coming in. I'm not seeing more creativity coming in. They've sort of, and I'm like, at some point that will feel kind of stale. And then you'll be more drawn to do a retreat or to, and then there's the next level. So, you know, it is a journey that never ends. I think sometimes journey implies you'll get there someday. And then I'm woke. I'm like, well, this is just degrees of awokeness, you know? And, and it's, it's funny how you go through this uh, arrogant stage and oh, we've yes. all seen them. I'm blah, 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 blah. And then the more woke somebody is, the more humble, yeah. It's the weirdest thing. I don't need to tell the world how woke I am anymore because I know me. But in the beginning, I want everyone to know how great I am. And that's like, it's part of the process because yeah. you're so excited. Yes, it is. You know, is that too? For, oh, absolutely. And I know for me, it, it's what I call my spiritualized ego. Um, you know, that human side that gets conditioned with more beliefs and ideas about what's right or wrong. And if spirituality is right and everything else is wrong, is going to judge from that place. There's no way to avoid judging if anything becomes right and its opposite becomes wrong. 
So like my favorite example, if, if for listeners, if you're not sure, notice the impulse to evangelize, right? If somebody is saying something you don't agree with and you're just like, you know, versus I'm totally okay if you think Martians are walking around amongst us, you know, like pay attention to the body. It'll tell you how woke you really are. <laughs> so, but no, I just love it. Like in the beginning, there is this impulse that everyone should do be crystal healing. Everyone should be meditating. Your problem is usually eventually that high wears off, you know, and then it's like, oh, next stage. Yes. But, you know, but that high is, it's a wonderful thing because it's pulling us towards something, but eventually any high that is based on, I have found truth to be pretty neutral. It it really is a flat line because it's it's the middle way. But when you need something to pull you up, it's because it's really giving you an opportunity to gain some tools to deal with when you drop into the next low. Oh, it's the cutest thing. It is. It is amazing. You know, I always celebrate for people who know me well. um, I celebrate when they go to that high and they know it all. And I celebrate when they drop into that low and they're like, I thought I knew it all. Now I I know know, I'm crawling again. I know. Um, But it is. I've done it a million times. I've done it so many times. So, so many times. But one thing that you said that I want to zero in on is you can really tell the difference in somebody who is walking the talk. This The whole purpose, again, of these, these conversations is, is to show that we're all really going through the same thing to make it to make it accessible to understand that there are lots of steps, lots of processes, lots of ways, but we're all going towards the same thing, which is that alignment with our truth. And something that you said that is really important, um, and I want to get you to share more from your perspective on this is when we begin to move out of the, you know, the up and down and we become a little bit more softer, our highs are not so high, our lows are not so low. And then we begin to balance out and the walk and the talk become congruent. There is a, a level of compassion and humbleness that does happen. For me, that humbleness began to happen with the assistance of the Course in Miracles. Mm. One of the things that I began to study in the Course in Miracles was that in my defenselessness, my safety lies. And I happened to be married at the time to uh, my former husband. And when we were, we had this incredible intense romance. And he's somebody that I met I don't know, 11 years ago or so. So I had divorced the father of my children who I've been with 23 years, then met this other gentleman, Ken. A very passionate relationship. And I was already teaching by that point. Um, I already had an established practice. I even had a spiritual center where I taught, which is how we met. He came to one of my classes. And interestingly enough, his ego began to get very activated after we got married and he began Lots of attacks, not only on me personally, but who do you think you are? A spiritual teacher, blah, blah, blah. You know everything. And I was on my spiritual high horse then. I jumped on my spiritual pedestal to let him know how woke I was and he wasn't for judging me. And at that time, I began to study the Course in Miracles. And this one line in my defenselessness, my safety lies, I began to say, that feels right. However, 
it feels really good to defend myself to my egoic self defending myself was standing up for my truth but as i practice this defenselessness as the course in miracles was teaching i began to realize that not saying anything actually allowed me to feel safe inside my defending myself was trying to feel safe outside to get him to stop what he was doing so i literally went through a process that i felt that i was becoming a, a doormat that i was being stomped on because i wasn't defending myself and it took me i kid you not about three years mm. of practicing not speaking back mm. and staying quiet and realizing that the only part of me that was defending itself was my my ego my spiritualized ego at that point mm -hmm. and once i began to come to the place that i felt so humiliated in staying quiet i was like oh my god i am being a doormat i began to feel more of that humble part of me that began to then have more compassion for his outburst i began to realize wow he's doing exactly what i did when i felt threatened by him mm -hmm. and by his thoughts about me or by anybody else's thoughts about me so the the process of staying defenseless led me to not only become more humble but is what taught me true compassion mm -hmm. and is and true empathy which is that we're all going through the same thing but each of us is a powerful creator creating the very lessons that will help us learn what's going on if we're open to the lesson if we're not open to the lesson then we're just going to repeat that pattern but share how did you come to walk the talk to realize that you weren't and then to experience more humbleness and more compassion gosh um well uh depression uh you know this path i didn't i didn't set out to do any of this um you know, once upon a time, people thought I needed therapy or, or put me on drugs. And I didn't want to do that. And um, I, I got exposed to some uh, spiritual stuff earlier on. I have to say it was it had a very narcissist tone to it. We are the woke. And of course, I wanted to be one of those. And so that's why I understand this very personally. And, you know, the, Ditto. the I, you know, I am so brilliant. You're the one you're you're just uninvolved and and the, just understanding the, the the way the ego is looking for the more to feel safe in this world. Um, one thing that has helped me a lot in my journey, especially with working with hundreds of people, I believe that safety is a very key component of any sort of growth. If people don't feel safe on some level, and that's why I'm really glad you found that verse in um, the text however it, it can come in a lot of different ways but you know if you're trying to force change it's like holding a gun to your head and saying change it will not happen the 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 survival instinct is going to be so loud this the newtonian and quantum they're going to be fighting so it's it's easier for me because i'm a wimp i am a wimp at heart anything that helps me feel a little bit calmer and safe first then allows some growth to come in I learned earlier on, I tried to do it the opposite. If it hurt, I did it more. 
oh, I had some egoic spiritual narcissist teacher in my face telling me how unwoke I was in front of a room full of people. Let me tell you, it's been 20 years. I haven't forgotten that. That scar, actually, how long has it been? No, it's been about 13 years. It went in and it is imprinted on my brain. And that's how I have made it my mission to never, ever, ever teach in that way. Because do you want to be right or do you want to be helpful? So the ego can take over because it's so wanting to help, but it also wants a certain amount of recognition of how woke it is. So I, at, at that moment, I can remember that day, everything changed in my approach to growth. I no longer subscribed to the idea that growth had to be painful. I went for what will help me feel a little bit better first, a little bit more stable, a little bit more myself, and then I'll take the next step. And for my group, I have that I've got, you're going to get there faster if you emphasize safety first. So if there was one thing that on my path that that was a defining moment because I saw spiritual work being used in an abusive way. And I said, I don't, so it was a great experience. You know, I never want to do that. Yeah. So that has been key of uh, uh, safety, the, the combining of the, the Newtonian Newtonian is everything animal. It's that fight flight. You're never going to lobotomize yourself out of that. As much as you can do as much visualization and meditation as you want. But if this reptilian brain is running, the minute your dad calls you, poof, you're, you're going to be back. So there has to be a way that instead of using brute force to grow, can we find some safety? And there are a number of tools I use. NLP is great. Tapping the things that use the body are much quicker than resorting to only cognitive affirmations for me. And that has been what I've, it's been a, um, a bedrock of my work is safety. Use something outside of your mind to help your mind. If you just try to fix your mind with your mind, whoo, that's hard. <laughs> it is trying to fix the mind with a mind is, is very challenging. Slippery. Yeah. Yes. The heart has to be opened up. And I actually had a a similar experience as you were sharing that. Oh, really? It I took me very often. I'm I'm very gun shy about it, but it was a defining experience for me. So, how was yeah. it for you? Yeah. Well, what it taught me, um, it, it was I, I was at a workshop, and the facilitator of the workshop, whom I looked up to because she was the one who was teaching. Yes. And for a couple of maybe maybe two years. That was the teaching that I was following. This is probably 17, maybe 17 years ago, 18 years ago. And that it, it was an important teacher to me at the time. And when I was confronted in such a harsh way, what I began to realize is like you, I will never do that to somebody else. Oh, it's horrible. However, it taught me a big lesson that made me very grateful that it did happen because what I realized is that all of us are going to receive what we need from a teacher up to the point that we outgrow that teacher. Mm -hmm. Once we feel that we can no longer learn from that teacher in whatever way it shows up, whether it's a harsh statement or it could be the kindest, sweetest mm -hmm. statement, but you go and sit and you don't feel you don't feel anything and yeah and and now i'm sure you've experienced on the other end when you feel a student 
who there's a feeling of we're good. You know, this this student is ready for something else. There's always a, a pang inside, you know, oh, I've enjoyed this, but but we know this is the natural course. It's not like we want to hold on to people forever, but you know, we cannot predict what's yeah. gonna happen. And sometimes there's a feeling of, you know, we've done a body of work and sometimes things happen and you know, and I screw up all the time. I have no I have no uh you know illusion that I'm sure I've said things that you know stuck in people's brain maybe i didn't mean it that way i'm sure you know it, it, it all comes around but it's all part of the learning experience it's all good you know i yes. try to be a little bit more aware of myself yes but it also leads us to just a wonderful place for me what it did is it activated a personal responsibility yes. to take care of myself and i know in some of my classes um, or even in my coaching or workshops or whatever it happens to be when I'm teaching somebody or when I'm teaching something that is very specific because truth cannot be um, you cannot alter truth it, it won't assist you in your growth truth is truth is truth however depending on where we are in our growth we can only receive so much of that truth right so if somebody is resisting the truth then they need to do what is appropriate for them like you said to develop that that place of safety safety because when that student is ready for that next level that teacher will appear but i'm at a place in my journey that truth is truth is truth so i cannot alter the truth to make somebody feel safe because then i'm giving them a false sense of safety right because this journey really is, it's like grades in school. We, we're, if I'm teaching you know, a high school level class and somebody comes into the class and they're in elementary and their consciousness, what I say will not make sense, will feel threatening, will feel challenging. Yeah. So we each have to take responsibility. Was that teacher teaching truth at the time? Um, yes, she was, she was teaching truth, but her delivery came without that humbleness, without that yeah. compassion. And that allowed me to see that what she, the truth was the truth, but the delivery was not, um, didn't meet me where I was to say, you know, Lina, maybe you've received all that you can from this course, yeah. or maybe you may want to attend something else. Jay, thank you so much for joining us. Um, so that now in, in my classes, I'm very mindful that if somebody is pushing against what I'm sharing, it's one thing if they're pushing and they're still curious and want to know, okay, I'm resisting this. And most of my clients, that's what they'll say in all of them, actually. Um, I'm resisting this. So I know that there's something for me to look at because when you're trained into realizing that all resistance is, you came up on an edge. Um, do you need to retreat for your safety or can you find your safety in moving through? Well, a compassionate teacher will help you move through that barrier. More yeah. Safely. I, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a responsibility of, like you said, a teacher to, to, to do this, uh, you know, vetting. And, and one thing I've found really useful, Lina, I don't know if you, um, are curious. One thing that I've been using is some of the latest research coming out of neuroscience and combining that with what I know about the energy field, about the development of the energetic system. Um, 
I think part of what's happening is it depends on the developmental stage of the client or whoever is, where are they in their energetic development? So you could have people in their 50s running around, but energetically, in terms of maturity, and I don't like to use that word because it implies that people aren't mature, but if they're secretly toddlers running around, meaning they're in a 50-year-old body, but their spiritual growth, their energetic development stopped at about age three, let's say, that's going to create a very defensive reaction to everything, right? Whether it's truth or not, you know, they're not going to be able to absorb because they're, they're three. So if as, as, a, as a teacher, if I can look and go, oh, you're three, how can I dance with a three-year-old? A three-year-old is going to need a lot more containment, you know, come on. Whereas somebody who is uh, older, 15, their energy is going to be more like, no, I want to do it my way. You know, so it's it's a different dance. So this borrows from neuroscience and energetic development. And unfortunately, we're in a culture where most of the maturity and growth, very young, just are, are that's just the way it is. That mothering or parenting has gotten really wonky. Everything is, you know, children should be seen, not heard. Do well in school. You're a, a human doing and not a human being. We don't even know what that means. We're not living in an organic way the way we used to. So there's a lot of other things going on that are banging around in my head. When someone is not able to hear me, I check me, I, me, myself, and then look, where is this client in terms of their development stage? Sometimes the psychology is here. The spirituality development's here. The energy's here. So it's it's not even in one place, right? Psychology is here when people have read a lot of books. Yeah. Oh, you know, I read, read. You know, they, they know more than Been I there. Do. Been there, done that. Self-help bookshelf is like loaded, you know, and it's not doing any good. But the problem is if I speak truth to someone from that place, it goes right into the head and they go, yeah, you're right. Like it's, it's not percolating because they're so caught up in the filter of what the book said, you know, and I almost wish people didn't read so much. It would actually be easier, <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> well, this conversation with you has just been so fun and yeah, so many nuggets of truth that have been shared, but you are so passionate about helping others, about um, sharing what you have discovered that has helped transform your life. Share with, with, uh, Folks, how can they find you? And also, I post these um, on a podcast. Oh, so if you can please share uh, the website, that would be best for people to find. I'll type it out. Yeah, you can just use my name, AdeleWong.com. Right now, it's pointing to SafeHavenHealing.net, but I'm doing a rebrand. So just use my name, AdeleWong.com. It's with an A. Sometimes people, there's Adele Wong with an O is somebody else. But anyway. Um, you can so, also, yeah, let me, let me go ahead and just spell it out. So yeah. Adele is a D E L E W A N G.com. Yeah. So I'm going to put it here so people can see it here, but for the podcast listeners, yeah. um, let me put it again, a D E L E W A N G.com. Right. And it's going to pop up safehavenhealing.net. But, um, another thing people can do, if you want to text me, um, the number is 66866 and just enter my name, Adele. So, I mean, I, I wrote this up or you can put it in the chat. If you want to have a chance, a conversation with me about what's going on in your world, 
I, I tried to do this, I don't know if this works. Does that work? No, it's backwards. Oh, okay, let me try it the other way. I was, because, because... I was trying to be technically savvy, but this is a nice way if you want to like just have a conversation with me. So 66866, you can text Adele mm -hmm. and uh, she'll she'll get back with yeah. you. Yeah. So what, what are some of the things that you love teaching so that we can make yeah. sure? Um, oh, thank you so much to this lovely listener. Um, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce his name, but I so appreciate you oh. participating. Yeah, HM, good to see you. So I love... Uh, helping people with stress and overwhelm um, in using you know, embodiment practices. Uh, so uh, I have a group of women that are really deep, being, uh, deep diving into the feminine essence, feminine leadership and the masculine. There, there's a slight difference in the way the energy likes to run in the body. Yeah. And when people feel sexy and juicy, everything <laughs> works better, you know, and because that's a very powerful energy that gets lost in the yeah. spiritual discussion sometimes like, people are floating in their sixth and seventh chakras. And unfortunately up there, it's very difficult to make the money deal with the relationship because it's, it's upper chakra stuff. Yeah. So how can we bring that down so that you can have a conversation with your beloved yeah. on what you need in a relationship or negotiate with the boss? Um, I also help a lot of uh, healers and coaches, anyone who's trying to make a difference in the world and get paid, you know, because I have a successful practice, come on in, we'll talk about your business. So you can um, reach more of the right people you want, make more money. Um, so that that's a little bit more of the finding your calling and your special genius. So that's for a lot of people who are stuck in corporate jobs that they just feel like they're half dead in. That they, they just know they're supposed to be doing something else. So yeah. we can have a conversation on that. But I just love talking about all the things, Lina, you and I have been talking about today. It's just a delight. It is. It's so much fun. And it's so exciting that the conversation is is so mainstream now. It is. And yes. And you help make it mainstream with your videos uh, being, being available. I, yeah. I just gave up trying to be lofty, you know, I'm just like <laughs> and join. Yeah. Join me on the on the journey. Yeah. Yes, I, too. That's one of the things I'm so grateful to my former husband, Ken, is he helped me see that spiritual superior ego of mine oh and, and falling off of that spiritual spiritual pedestal was quite painful and bruising um, to my ego because, you know, it, it was humiliation to be called out on where I was incongruent, but it was such a beautiful teacher. It was such a powerful. Yeah. If it's, it's a relief, if your whole life is all this, you know, drive to be good, I want to be one of the good people. That's a lot of energy and it's a lot of looking away at of, of who you really are. And um, yeah, it's that whole shadow side that can, will just take over. Yeah. Yes. Well, HM, what a beautiful comment that you see yeah. both of us with him, capital H him. Wonderful. I take it you mean the source creator, whatever you want to call it, universe. Yeah. Um, yes, because actually that is what we're aligning to. And Adele, let me ask you this question. When you are aligning to the truth of who you are, what exactly are you aligning with? And what does that practice look like for you? What am I aligning with? It's a feeling of, well, I can tell you how it feels. Because I think if we go by, uh, you know, some sort of litmus test, am I on track or not? What is the barometer? 
And I used to think the barometer was positive thinking. Like I was really into that and it didn't work. So these days, the barometer, even though if I don't understand what it is, it's usually something that feels really joyous. There's a certain excitement. There's a sensuality in the body. There's a sense of being present without having to be somewhere else. Um, there is a, a more compassion and connection in the moment with whoever or whatever's in front of me. There's not as much efforting to make this thing called life work. So I go a lot on that experience as the barometer rather than a tech. I mean, yeah, we, you and I, we have a little lot of techniques, but at the end of the day, it's about having a happier life. If you're not enjoying the journey, well, that will tell you something. That means yeah. there's more to, to discover. This should not become like a self-improvement project. You know, like this constant drive for self-improvement. I know it sells a lot of books, but I would rather people, you know, if you're just happier, you're probably not so worried about improving yourself all the time. <laughs> oh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. So let's go ahead and, and wrap things up. I want to let people know that my next um, interview on Monday, the 24th of February is going to be with Avon Drummond. And Avon is, she, she's just a phenomenal person and very inspirational she is a spiritual living center of Atlanta practitioner. So she she teaches and she embodies the teachings of Ernest Holmes of Science of Mind. So she it, well, she's delightful. You're going to enjoy her. So meet me next Monday for that interview. But Adele, share your last bit. You know, leave us one one nugget of wisdom before I go ahead and close out our our time so, together. Well, what I always tell all my clients is if if you're worried about the purpose of your life. Why am I here? And, and all the stress that comes from, I feel like I've missed the memo somewhere. What if the main purpose of your life is to enjoy it? That your whole reason for being here is just to find that, you know, rather than the avocation or the job and all that. And if you trust that, everything else will fall in line. I want to find more joy. You'll, drive, you'll find the right teachers. You'll find the right experiences. Everything will be more pulled towards joy. Can't go wrong that way. Mm, I love that. What a wonderful way to to complete this episode. And Adele, thank you so much for being here. And I want to remind everybody, we really are absolutely magnificent beings that are the core of who we are in our heart, the essence of who we are is an expression of that which is not only whole, perfect and complete, it is magnificent and it is an aspect of the divine, just like the sun, let's say, call the sun, the creator of all that is God, source, spirit, whatever you want to call it. Every one of us is a ray of that sun, which means we have that light. We have that essence. Our work, as Adele was saying, was to remove all of the things that block that light. And what becomes a happy life and a joyful life is to be in alignment with who you authentically are. Um, we get trained out of that by people who didn't realize that that's what they were doing. And it is time for us to do the work and look at the things that block that. But in essence, it is a return to your happy self, to your joyful self, to your true self. So thank you for being with us on this episode of Align with Lina. I look forward to seeing you in other ones. And if you want to know more about my work, go to LinaOrlando.com. 
That's L-A-I-N-A or O-R-L-A-N-D-O.com. And please go to AdeleWong.com. And that's A-D-E-L-E-W-A-N-G.com and receive some of the yummy stuff that she has to offer you because she truly is magnificent and is sharing from her heart. She's aligned with her true self. Thank you, Adele. And I look forward to um, our next conversation on your show. Absolutely. Can't wait. (laughs) Bye-bye, everybody.